please uh, bow your heads with me and we'll talk to this great Lord one more time. Living Lord Jesus, thank you for your love, your amazing love. You could not love us more. You will not love us less. You just plain flat out our love. Thank you for loving us in these moments now. A love we don't deserve, Lord. We confess that to you. We've admitted that to you. We've sought your face and your forgiveness. Now, Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus. And this opportunity and every opportunity that you provide, take them all. And by them, Lord, set our hearts on fire with love for yourself. That we might return your love. Not just as a feeling, but as faithful, honored, and honoring living. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, we do continue in our series, Face to Face with Jesus. And we're looking at one opportunity after another, Sunday by Sunday, as Jesus face to face encounters one person or another and they know it and feel the sense of that encountering. That is, you can't meet Jesus and not know it. Whenever he confronts you, draws close to you, addresses you, speaks to you, reaches out to you, even confronts you, You can never, ever not know it because of who he is. And as we see these encounters in the scripture, we see ourselves in those encounters. The likeness, the similitude of people just like us meeting Jesus in his day and how he dealt with them, spoke to them reached out to them, warmed to them, diverted their lives, redirected them. Our prayer is that he will do that for us in these encounters. So today, the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus, is our man. And uh, if you turn to page six in your service sheet or to Mark chapter 10 in your Bibles, you'll follow along with this encounter. It took place just outside Jericho on the road to Jerusalem. It says here, Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. We've described him as a desperate man. That's the title sermon. But he was desperate. 
Have you ever been desperate? Just think back over your life. Have you ever really been desperate? You might think that Bartimaeus was desperate because here he was blind, sitting on the roadside, the equivalent of the gutter, begging. He was reduced to beggardom, being a beggar by which to live. People just passed him by. He picked a good place to sit. Jericho was a rich city. He picked another good place just outside the city on the Jerusalem side, on the road up to Jerusalem. Because when Jesus was leaving the city, that was his route. I've been up and down that road on a bus in the past. They won't let buses travel that road anymore. It is dangerous. Terrified my wife. Now they send you along a much easier, more boring, ordinary road. But that was the old road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And he was sitting as the folks were making their way up to Jerusalem. Pretty steep ascent from Jericho on their way to the Passover. So this was a busy time. It was a crowded time. And Jesus had gathered his own crowd around him. As it says here, that there was a crowd going with and following after Jesus. That large crowd leaving the city was walking by the blind man. Presumably those around Jesus were enthralled with Jesus, paying attention to him. That's the impression you get. Not only was this crowd on its way to Jerusalem, but Jesus was particularly honored. You may remember, I'm sure you do remember if you know anything about the Bible, that it was in Jericho and it would have been on this trip, though Mark doesn't mention it, it's Luke who draws our attention to it, he calls Zacchaeus down from the tree, the wealthy tax collector, and dines with him, spends the night with him. That had already happened. People were enthralled and amazed with Jesus absolutely taking no notice of the blind beggar by the street side, a guy who had given up hope of anything really being different. Life was passing him by, and here he is going nowhere when Jesus passes by. When he gathers that it is Jesus... He begins to cry out. Look at verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now just an an aside, that he was called Jesus of Nazareth in the first place, presumably by the people who were saying it was Jesus of Nazareth. And he picked up on that. He did, Jesus of Nazareth was an identity for Jesus that had no glamour to it at all. Nazareth, can any good come out of Nazareth? That was Nathaniel who asked that question. 
Can any good come out of Nazareth? What do you mean we have the Messiah coming out of Nazareth? That's not how Bartimaeus addresses him. He shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's an allusion to his being the Messiah. That the son of David, of the family of David, would come and rescue the nation. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. The crowd is indignant. Do you see how they respond? I know you do because you heard it just so well read. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. I guess that's the American American equivalent of hush up. He's trying to shut somebody down but not being rudely told, shut up. He was being told to shut up. Be quiet. Shut up. They made him feel even less than he was in the gutter. They rebuked him. Pipe down. But you see his response. All the more loudly he shouted, Son of David, have mercy on me. He wouldn't be shut down. He wouldn't be shut up. This was his moment. If Jesus, the son of David, is passing by, it was his one shot, his one moment of opportunity. And nothing was going to stop him getting the attention of Jesus. He was desperate. Not desperate just because of his circumstance and situation. He'd come to live with that. There is another way in which you can be desperate. That is when you see an opportunity and it's out of your reach. And it looks as though you're not going to be able to grasp it and take advantage of it. And you know it's your last chance. Whether it's a surgery or something that the doctor advises or a business opportunity, or a relational opportunity. Your last chance. He knew Jesus passing by was his moment and he was not going to miss it. So he's shouting out at the top of his voice over the crowd. And Jesus hears him. And it says that Jesus stopped. Look at verse 49. Jesus stopped. It's almost like the world stopped. When Jesus stopped, the crowd stopped. And Jesus said, call him. Call him to me. And isn't that a bright, cheery thing that they go and say to him? Instead of now cursing him and shutting him down, they come and they say, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Cheer up. Get on your feet. He's calling you. He wants you. Jesus' response. He hears the cry. He stops, pays attention, 
And he calls Bartimaeus. The people say, cheer up. Some of you need that word this morning. Cheer up. He's calling you. Get up. Come to him. He throws off his cloak. One commentator suggests that it was sort of like as he sits cross-legged, the cloak in which people might throw some coins into his lap. But now he's consumed with the possibility and he leaps to his feet. Do you see that? It's like he's almost jumping out of his skin. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. If you get that opportunity here this morning, don't miss it. With everything you have, with whatever energy you can muster, you give yourself to Jesus. If he's calling you, whether it's to go do something, even giving you this one last opportunity to come and surrender your life to him, don't miss it. Bartimaeus was on his feet and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? It's not that Jesus didn't know. We have a great old prayer in the church. Speaking to God who knows everything before we even ask him. When people get that, they say, well, why ask him if he knows? Because Jesus is looking for a relationship. He's not an automaton any more than you are. He gives you the opportunity to voice your need, to speak with him, to share your life with him, to tell him about yourself, what it is you're looking for. That's an opportunity to express yourself to him. It's not all about his doing. It's about you coming and expressing your need. You come to him. Let him know. So it was with Bartimaeus that I may receive my sight. That's what he was looking for. His one moment, his one chance, he took it. He didn't waffle. He didn't go some other place. He didn't make a speech. He didn't get religious on him. He simply said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, I've mentioned that Bartimaeus saw this as his last opportunity. Maybe his only opportunity. He didn't want to miss it. But he had no idea that Jesus would never, ever pass that way again. Ever. Earlier in the chapter, in chapter 10, Verse 32, listen to these words. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. This is the self-same chapter. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. That's because the center of resistance and opposition to Jesus And the power elite that did not like Jesus and would get rid of Jesus were in Jerusalem. So it goes on to say this. We are going up to Jerusalem, said Jesus. 
and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. Jericho is just 15 miles away from Jerusalem. It was on their way up to Jerusalem. They had passed through Jericho. And Jesus knew and told them ahead of time that when we get to Jerusalem, everything that they were afraid of and were amazed at Jesus because he was going there, in fact, would all take place. He would be rejected. He would be put to death. He would rise on the third day. But you can imagine they didn't even have a clue about that. Bartimaeus could never have known that that really was his last opportunity. He took his shot. But in the bigger scheme of things, that was the last time. Jesus would pass through Jericho. There does come a time, you know, when there is no more time. Because it ends up being too late and you've missed your opportunity. For one or two of you here this morning, you've been putting off the genuine surrender of your heart and your life to Jesus. You've been holding back for whatever reason, whether sin in your life, whether an addiction, whether a relationship, you know, even as I'm speaking, if you are that person, I tell you, this may be your last opportunity. Seize the moment. Procrastination. This is what Charles Spurgeon says concerning procrastination. That fatal tomorrow, manana, that fatal tomorrow is blood red with the murder of good resolutions. The practice of truth is the most profitable reading of it. And the truth that Bartimaeus knew in his heart of hearts. And we know now in the bigger picture was really the absolute truth. That was his last opportunity. And he took it. Is there a phone call you need to make to someone? Is there something you need to get done? As I was studying this, I realized that there is a house that I drive by nearly every time I go home from church. Belongs to a member of our church and his wife. And I've often felt to myself, I should stop and go in there. Yesterday, I called them up. No more procrastination. What is it you need to get done? 
Don't put it off. Most of you here would know the name Bear Bryant. He was the legendary coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, even as a, an Englishman newly in this country, I got the dynamism of Bear Bryant when I didn't even know much about football. I was asking, what are they doing? What, what's, I, was, I, was, I was trying to understand it in the light of soccer, even in the light of rugby. Because in rugby, you can only tackle the guy with the ball. It seemed to me they were tackling everybody but the guy with the ball. Dangerously so. What's going on? Well, I knew the name Bear Bryant. I have good friends in Alabama who knew him personally. And one Mother's Day, as it was approaching, AT&T ran an ad encouraging people to call their mother. And they picked on Bear Bryant with his deep, resonant southern voice to run the ad. I'm sure there was some money in it for Bear Bryant, but this was the deal. All he had to say was, you all call your mother, you hear? Now you can hear that in southern. You all call your mother, you hear? But he was wooden. He froze in front of the camera and they couldn't get it right. And in, the, in frustration, Bear Bryant says, you'll call your mother, you hear? I wish I could call mine. And that one stuck. That's the one they ran. One guy watching that ad called up the agency later that week that ran the ad they thought he, they were in trouble. You know, another criticism. They put him in touch with the man who developed the ad, had that account. The guy said, thank you for that ad. I hadn't spoken to my mother for 15 years and I called her. Whatever was the problem, he called his mother and the guy was sort of thrilled. He said, well, thank you very much. The chap said to, to the account executive, he said, you don't understand. My mother died the next day. You all call your mother, you hear? Who is it you need to call? What is it you need to get put right? Jesus is passing by. He's speaking to you. This is your moment today, while it is still today. Get it done. Bow your heads with me, will you? Bartimaeus, with his newly found sight, did not go sightseeing in Jericho. Read those last words. He followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. Take a moment as you now close this time together in prayer. What has Jesus said to you? 
Has he been encouraging you to get all the more serious about him, to turn up on Wednesdays, to bring a friend to the men's only conference? To go put something right, to get right with him, with the Lord now. After the earlier service, a man came up to me, told me he was a recovering alcoholic. And he described desperation as a gift. And he wrote out for me, gift of desperation. That spells God, gift of desperation. And he wrote in a date, 122787. 1987. He's been sober since. That was his moment. God confronted him with himself and who he really was and where it was all headed. And he began that journey to sobriety out of desperation. Nowhere else to go. You have opportunities here this morning. Maybe fleeting opportunities to do something great for God. Don't let it pass. Oh Lord Jesus, come to us one by one. You know what you have said to us. You know our hearts. You know we're already looking for a way to say tomorrow, next week, some other time. Convict us now. While we are here with you face to face. With our hearts tender toward you and you speaking to us. Bring us to that heartfelt, life-changing repentance. Help us to take advantage of these moments and this moment, this very day. If you've never ever surrendered your life to Jesus, see him now calling you to himself. Come to him. Give it all to him. You can't clean yourself up to get there. Just get there and he'll clean you up. Say in your heart, Lord, I've been running, running, running. Today I stop. I turn around and fall into your arms. Lift me up, Jesus. I am desperate for your help and your hope. And for each one of us, Lord, as you have spoken to us and we know what it is we must do, Right now, we say to you, Lord, we will follow you. Wherever you lead, we will follow you. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.